Well, good morning, and Merry Christmas Eve, right? Um, We have, as Dan said, we've been in a series the last several weeks that we've called Everything I Know About Christmas I Learned at the Movies, Um, with this idea that that culturally speaking, we're given ideas. Um, They're they're presented to us, and uh, when those ideas are presented regularly and repeatedly, oftentimes it can be really hard to differentiate where the idea even came from. Was this my idea? Was it my culture's idea? Was is this something that I should believe or something I should reject? And so we spent time a couple weeks back on the idea of peace. And, and peace isn't just the absence of conflict. Peace is, peace is when all the parts come together right, that, that, that life is made right. And last week we talked about joy and how joy, even in the midst of pain and suffering, is present. And it's an, it's an all-the-year idea. It's not just for Christmas. And today we're going to talk about hope. Okay, hope. Hope is an interesting idea to talk about at Christmas because it's actually, um, amongst these ideas, peace, joy, and hope, it's the one that shows up like, exactly explicitly in the story of, of Jesus' birth, very little in the Scriptures. The, 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 the Gospels themselves say very little about hope, at least very little tying it to the birth of Jesus. But, but the Gospel itself is all about hope. And so we're going we're gonna to spend some time this morning on that idea of hope. What is it that we're told at Christmas time about hope? And, and I would say it is, it's an extremely hopeful time of year, right? I can remember, you know, being a student and actually spending most of my adult life in education. There's this hope, right, that Christmas break is coming. So there's all this anticipation and excitement. It's coming. No more, no more school, at least for a few weeks, and, and all that comes with that. And, of course, within that, too... You know, if you're of a certain age, it also means the big guy in the red jacket is coming. He's coming, and when he comes, he's going to bring gifts, right? And, and this, this huge anticipation um, with, with Christmas and, and the gifts and the giving. And as a kid, I'll, I'll, most of that hope was wrapped up in, like, I hope I get. Can you identify? Remember something you hoped to get? Maybe for some of you, it's, like, something that right now you hope to get. Um, I, I remember just desperately hoping. I was, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a man of a certain age, and I remember just hoping beyond all hope that, that, the, the, that Santa was going to bring me a Nintendo Entertainment System. Everybody had one except me. Okay? Everybody. It was, it was verifiable. Okay? That's why I had no friends. They were all at their house playing their Nintendos. Okay? And I was left alone. And Santa showed up, and the box was there. And inside that box wasn't a Nintendo, but it was an Atari. Like three or four years after the Atari was even like a thing. I love mom and dad. They just missed it on that one. Um, but this hope, right? This hope that it's going to come, like, like I, I'm going to receive something. And now, as, as, even as a parent, it's shifted to where my hope is that, I, that my kids, they see, like, the, the joy that I have in giving to them, that they receive in the way that, that I've built it in my head to be, okay? And as a husband, my hope is that, you know, I don't screw this up too bad, okay? Um, I've, I've had my own highs and lows on this. But there's one gift, right? <clears throat> there's one gift that says... Hope at Christmas time. Ah, there it is. The Holy Grail of Christmas gifts. The Red Rider 200 shot range 
model air rifle. Right? Hope. Okay? Hope. Now, it could be I hope that I get the BB gun, the Red Rider BB gun. It could be I hope that I get the Nintendo Entertainment System. But it also could be, like, I hope that she says yes this time of year. Right? I hope that, um, I, I hope that at the family gathering that Uncle so-and-so behaves himself. Okay? Or maybe cousin such and such doesn't hit so hard. Okay? I hope. And what, what we've done, or at least what's presented to us, is that we've taken the word hope and we've sort of, we've sort of um, used the word hope to refer to a wish. Okay? It's a wish. It's something that I wish would be true. It's 50-50 or it's a roll of the dice. Maybe it could be. Okay? Maybe it could be. But I don't know for sure. But I hope that this happens. And that's sort of what, what happens at Christmas time, is that what we're presented with is a, a long string of hopes that, that represent the idea that hope is, is something that we wish for. What we want to do today is we want to, we want to expand that a little bit. And we want to ask if, if, A, if that's really the right way to think about it, and, and B, if it's not, what do we, how do we think about hope? And um, in a few minutes, we're going to go to Romans, the book of Romans chapter 5. We've actually been there before in this series, but we're going to take a deeper dive. Um, Romans chapter 5. And, and, um, and hope isn't always easy. It's, it's one thing when it's like a, what we might consider like a short-term or a trivial thing. But hope in the large scale is tougher. Um, you know, especially when we take that idea that hope is wishful thinking and apply it to bigger issues. Um, what do we do with, with, with a world where we, we want to hold on to hope, but we live in a world where greed seems to be where, how people win? Like, the greedy seem to be getting ahead. And I, I, I would hope it wouldn't be that way, but the evidence seems to be pointing back to a reality that says it just kind of is. And I, I, would, I hope, I hope, that, that other people's selfishness wasn't going to hurt, that it wasn't going to cause pain, I hope. But can we do anything more than wish on that front? I, hope, I would hope that, that children would have what they need, 
that they would be led by loving and caring adults. I hope for that. But is that hope just a wish? And that's what we want to dive into. But we also want to ask about our own hopes. And what is it, what is it with me and, and, and who I believe that God made me to be? And who do I, who do I, what do I hope for in life? What do I aspire to have be true? In this time of year, we're, we're, we, have, we live with this tension between, between the, the, the things that we hoped for going into the last year, and now a year has gone by, and we've got the joy of Christmas and the happiness of Christmas, and yet I struggle with, with the, the unmet hopes of the last year. And I want to ask about that in myself as well. What is it that I hope for, and are my hopes rooted and anchored in what matters and what's lasting? Why is it that my intentions, at least the way I view my intentions, they don't seem to be met by my outcomes? I intend for certain things to be the case, but it doesn't seem to work out that way, and, and I had hoped that it was going to be a certain way, but it doesn't seem to be that way now. And Christmas is a time for that hope, right? It's, it is a time where we, 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 we press pause or we hit the brake pedal, we stop for a minute, and we really think about bigger things. We start to ask, ask those questions about peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And um, sometimes we have an epiphany like this. So, so you can hear in his voice, obviously, right? Like, we stop at Christmas and we say, it can be better than this. It can be. We can, we can be kinder. We can be nicer. We can be a better version of ourselves. And he's counting on you and me. Like we do this time of year, right? We're counting on one another to live it out, to be kinder, to be nicer, But we also, again, we have to recognize that we've been stuck in this cycle where Christmas after Christmas, we say, I'm going to be nicer, I'm going to be kinder. It's, it can happen to you. But we just keep trying to work harder and do better and maybe give more, and yet the hope isn't necessary, doesn't necessarily return. We find ourselves back at the next Christmas asking the same questions. Where is the hope? 
Where is the hope? So if you've got your Bible, will you go to Romans 5? Okay. We ought to know better by now. We ought to know better by now, but we want to look at Romans 5. We're just not appreciably better because of our hard work. Because we want to be. Because there's a time of the year where we stop to think about it. Maybe even a time of the year where we put a little extra in our giving towards others, a little extra kindness, a little extra patience. But we want to find out, if we want to get to the bottom of this, we want to diagnose it correctly. So if you're in Romans 5, if you're in Romans 5, I want to take a look here, and it says this, Therefore, since we have been justified or saved through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We looked at this a couple weeks ago. It is... Peace is a byproduct that's provided by a right relationship with Christ, not by trying to live at peace, not by trying to make it happen, but because we're in a right relationship with God through Christ. Verse 2, it says, Through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. So there's, there's this peace that's there, but it's come about because of God's grace. It's God's gift. Like we, Gifts are appropriate this time of year, and the greatest gift to stop and think about is the gift of God's grace. It's all of God's goodness given to us. Notice the contrast, though. The goodness that, that, we get, that we talk about a lot at this time of the year is sort of enlightenment goodness, that if we're just kinder, if we're just nicer, you can do this. You have it within you to do this. But the scriptures begin by telling us it's not really something that's produced by us. And it goes on to say, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Now that word hope there is interesting. Because as I started out by saying, we use hope today to talk about a wish. You know, I I wish this would happen is interchangeable with I hope this would happen. But the word hope, when we get into the, the, the scriptures, the word hope actually carries a much deeper meaning. The word hope has nothing to do with wishing. The word hope is actually the word, the same word that we use for expecting. When we talk about biblical hope, we're not talking about something that's a roll of the dice. We're talking about something that we're counting on happening. So when, when we say here that when, when Paul writes to the church in Rome and he says we boast or we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, what he's saying is, we're, we're taking pleasure and we're boasting. We're, we are actually celebrating our way of life that expects God to do his work. Keep reading, verse 3. Not only so, we don't boast just so because of the hope, but also we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Okay, now, do you catch this? This is actually a very specific sequence. Look at what Paul says. He says, I know it's, it's red, it's difficult to see, but if you look at it with me, he says, not only so, but we glory, so we, glo- we glory in the hope that comes from God, but we glory in our sufferings. Now, suffering and hope don't seem to go hand in hand, right? When we've lost all hope, it's usually because the suffering has mounted to a point that we're ready to give up. We're ready to throw in the towel. I'm suffering so much that now's the time that all hope is lost. But what Paul writes and he says, he equates two things together. And he says, no, 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 the two things we're rejoicing in, they're one and the same. Our hope and our sufferings 
are tied together. We glory in them. We boast in them. That's the exact same Greek word that says we boast in hope in verse 2 and verse 3, that we also glory in our sufferings. We boast in them. We embrace them. But notice the, we do this because we know that suffering produces perseverance. You see, it's, hope isn't just something that's, that's just granted. It's not something that God just sends an angel to ring a bell and it's given to us. Hope is built through a process. Hope, hope isn't just granted. It's built. So it's built through our sufferings, which leads to perseverance, and perseverance builds our character, and character leads to hope. Those with, with character have hope. Now, that's in contrast to what we just heard Bill Murray say in Scrooge, right? Because notice what he wanted to do. He wanted to short-circuit the, the, the cycle. Do you hear him? Just do it. Be kinder. Be nicer. He jumped. Now, in the story, he'd had some suffering, you know, about a few hours of suffering, but, but he wants to jump suffering and perseverance and just go straight to character. Just build character. If you just do the character thing, you'll have the hope. If, you, if we all just have the character, well, the question is, where's the character come from? The character doesn't just, just like, it doesn't materialize on its own. It doesn't come out of thin air. It doesn't come simply because it's Christmas and I want it to be. Paul writes to us and he tells us that, that there is, there's something that's happening to go back, to go back to the beginning. Sorry, he says, look, we have peace th- with God through our Lord Jesus Christ because we've gained access by faith into God's gift. His graciousness. This is what's been done for us. But that doesn't make all the trouble go away. We glory in our suffering. You see, at Christmas time, at Christmas time, it's a time where we want to stop and we want to put the suffering aside and not think about it. And, and quite frankly, it would be a little weird if you're sitting around the table tonight or tomorrow and, and everyone's having a contest of whose life is worse, right? But, so, we, so have a good time and enjoy it. But this morning... Okay? But this morning, if we're going to think about hope, if we're going to think about hope in a biblically authentic way, we have to understand that hope comes with a process. That, that with hope comes these other ideas. That hope is in relationship with suffering. And suffering moves us through perseverance and character to hope. And then look what it says in verse 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So, so hope, what is hope? Well, hope is, get this, hope is God's love in our hearts, Paul says. It's there. It's God's love in our hearts. It's through the Holy Spirit. The Spirit sanctifying us through the suffering, through the, through the perseverance and the the times we now find that, that, that when suffering comes, we're not bound by it. We never get to a point where we say, all hope is lost, because the Spirit abides in us. And so suffering produces hope through the Spirit in our hearts. Not just simply through I want it to be this way, not just simply through be a kinder person, and if we all can just do a better job, we can all be more hopeful together, but through the work of God in our life to save us, to bring us into a right relationship with him through his son, 
giving us the Spirit who changes us and shapes us and molds us into the image of Christ. This is what happens. This is where hope comes from. Not just by wishing, not just by hoping. Keep reading. So verse 6, it says more. It says, you see. Now, why does someone say you see? I'm going to show you a little more about this, about hope. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Did you catch this? Why do we have hope? Why do we have hope? Because everybody's being kinder? Because our unemployment is low? Because we're, we're more or less at peace with our neighbors? Why do we have hope? What's it tell us here? See, we have hope as if, if, if we've come into, into relationship with the Christ of Christmas, we have hope because he's done everything that we need. He's the one who took our sin on himself. Verse 8, he demonstrates his love for us that while we were sinners, he died for us. You see, we have hope because the outcomes for me, a better tomorrow, a brighter future, the end of my story is not dependent upon my ability to be kinder and nicer. It's not dependent upon whether or not you get the, or, or get, um, the contagion is spread on you and you are kinder and nicer to me. My hope for tomorrow isn't grounded in that. At least it ought not to be. It's not grounded in whether or not the gift is right that I give or get. It's not grounded in whether or not things are going well in my circumstances. My hope is grounded in this reality. I'm a sinner, but Christ died for me. I don't have to do this on my own. I don't have to work to build my character so that I'll somehow become acceptable. That's not my hope. It's not my hope. At least it ought not to be. And what I've been told to hope for, what I've, where I've been told to place my hope, turns out to be not the whole story. And it says a little more. It says, since we have now been justified by his blood... How much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. And so our hope, this is the second idea. Why hope here? Why hope? So we hope because Christ has done the work. I don't have to work for it. My hope in Christmas is not in all the extra things. It's in what God has done for me. But the hope is this. I no longer suffer the penalty for my sin. This is the hope of Christmas. On December 26th, the world could go completely bonkers, even further than it might have already been down the the path. But, But my hope, my hope is not rooted in that. That suffering doesn't dictate my hope. My hope is in the very same child who was born on Christmas who made a way for me so that my sin is covered. And as it says, I'm no longer God's enemy. I've been reconciled to him. I no longer am saved from God's wrath because of Christ. And this 
is the hope of Christmas. So a couple conclusions. A couple conclusions. And perhaps, if I can conflate a couple things, maybe Chris Kringle is the one to give us the first conclusion. Catch it? Christmas isn't just a day, right? What we're talking about, the hope that we're talking about, we may think about it now, but hope isn't just for Christmas. It's not just let's all get together and feel good for a day before we have to re-enter the chaos of the world around us tomorrow and get back to our cynicism. Hope isn't just for Christmas. It's more than that. Hope is 365 days a year because of Christmas as the initiating event, the day where God stepped into time and space to be one of us, as Paul writes, to eventually die for us so that we don't have to pay the penalty for our sins. Hope isn't just for Christmas. So what do we do to, 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 to live this, right? I want to say this. Did you notice what Paul said in Romans? Rejoice in it. Rejoice in the real hope. Now, again, in the midst of, in the, midst of the good time, in the midst of the, the, the enjoyment of Christmas and the pleasure that we derive from family and from the giving and from, from just the, the, the glad tidings, don't leave it at that level. Remember what Paul said, we boast We boast in the hope of the glory of God in verse 2 of Romans 5. Not only in in the hope, but we we also glory in our sufferings. A a, a hopeful life is a life that recognizes that in the midst of, no matter what the circumstances are, in the midst of those circumstances, the truth of Romans 5 is still in place. I am not bound by my sin because God made a way. My story, my story does not end with hopelessness. It does not end that way. My story ends with hope. My story ends with reconciliation to the God who made me, who saved me, who gave his life for me. That's my story. And that's, that hope is so much greater than any temporary goodwill, good feelings that we can develop on our own that we can, we can try and push on others through the sheer force of our will. And Paul says it again in Philippians. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request 
to God. Notice what he says, in the midst of the trouble, make your requests, but, but before that, rejoice. Rejoice in what God has done. He wants, to, he wants to enter into our suffering, into our struggling. He is there with us. But our attitude, our posture, needs to begin with boasting in what God has done. Boasting in what he, in what he has done for us. Do we talk about it? Do we say it? Do we celebrate it with family? Do we celebrate it with our friends? Do we recognize that this is what God has done? Or do we want to keep Jesus kind of on the side? Do we want him to sort of occupy a bit of a silent space when it comes to life outside in a way? Because what Paul is saying is that the hope it comes in the rejoicing. I want to close by just reading one more thing from John's gospel. I'm going to read this and pray for us. And this is, at, at this time, at Christmas time, this is what we're rejoicing in. The Word, Christ, the truth, the Word, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The hope of Christmas is that grace and truth live with us. Christ came so that we can have hope. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you that you have made a way for us. We thank you that hope can be real. We thank you that, that we're not bound. We're not bound by our worst fears. We're not bound by our cynicism. We're not, we're not bound to simply feel good at times and then hopeless the rest. But you've made a way. And we're stopping right now in the midst of our lives to, to, to celebrate the way you made. Christ, you chose to come and be with us. You did it humbly. You took on flesh. You served. You came in a lowly place so that we could have the hope of your glory. And I, I thank you. I thank you for it. And I ask that you would forgive me where, where I lose that hope, where my faith is weak, where I don't believe that, that you've done what you've said you've done and will do what you say you will do. God, give us, give us moments. Give us moments where where this reflection isn't just isolated to, <clears throat> to a few days and a few hours on those days, but, but this real and living hope of who you are and what you've done becomes a part of our boasting, our rejoicing, that our hearts are glad, not because our circumstances tell us they ought to be glad, but because we're certain of who you are and your presence with us and where you're taking us. And God, we just pray all of this in your holy name. Amen.